0: Thankful for all those uh, that God has put in our church. Um, there's I love the I love that the word of God says God has no respect to persons. But you gotta know that God just loves some. Not he loves them more. But I, Jackson, God's gonna bless them. I can't wait to see him in heaven. God's good. Ephesians chapter 6. I need to wear my shirt so that now I don't have to tell you um, that I promise it won't be much longer. I can just turn around and it says it for me. Yeah. I want to I I make you all feel bad. I want to start preaching short messages. <laughs> Of course, that's probably not going to make anybody feel bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to finish the message that we started this morning, uh, looking at uh, God's desire for Christians in the, in the workplace. Uh, it's, what we're really talking about is um, these material relationships that we have with, with those that are around us. Saved or not saved? I want, to, I want to remember, I want to remember something that as it talked about how the Christian was to respond, the Christian servant or slave was to respond uh, to his master, uh, his earthly, fleshly master. Um, it didn't say dep- ever that it was dependent on, on how he was treated. It didn't say that if he was treated right or if he was treated wrong, uh, that he could act in a different way. It just said this is how you're supposed to respond. And uh, I think that's important for us because sometimes we think of well, if I'm not treated fairly, I don't know about you, but I don't think any any slave was ever treated fairly. If they were if they were treated fairly, they would be slaves. Um, and I understand that with the indentured servitude that was a little bit different than uh, and uh, than than what we have an understanding of what slavery is. Uh, but even so, um, in Christ, there was no difference between that master or that slave uh in, in fact, it says that God's not a respecter of persons Paul himself says that uh, uh that there's no jew nor Greek it's no, whether, it's, whether you're free or not we're all the same in Christ and I thank the Lord for that uh, but uh, this morning this morning we t- we covered uh uh how how as christians uh we are to we are to be submissive and and obedient uh to our human superiors uh those who have been placed in authority above us. Uh, particularly, this is talking about servants and masters. And we can, we don't, while we don't have slavery here in the U.S. Uh, in this time period, we do have uh, those that serve others uh, as, uh, as employees and employers. Uh, so that we talk about some serving action that, that God calls us to be obedient uh, as, as Christians in the workplace, that so we're to listen and we're to work. And we're to do so with a good attitude, a solemn attitude. Uh, the Bible says there was fear and trembling. Um, and that uh, we're, we're understanding that we can always learn we can always grow we can always do better we've never attained uh, our 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 desire should be in our attempt to be as, as employees or as servants uh, is to do the very best that we can um, to not not for any reason such as to get a better paycheck or to get a raise though there's nothing wrong in asking for a raise for those that are working but but uh, we should do it Mainly to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, and with that we have the uh, our surrendered allegiance. Uh, we're we're not serving a an employer. We're serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, we should be devoted and determined and dedicated uh, to doing our best for Christ, um, not not. Uh, not necessarily for our employer, and then we talked about that steady activity, not with eye service. Um, that uh, it's not about whether somebody's watching you or not, but we should be employees of integrity, and not um, not desiring just to be seen. And then we then we broke off of the meth- that context a little bit and took those principles and applied them to our our Christian walk as God being our master and us being His servant, which kind of brings us into uh, the afternoon a little bit. Um, but uh, but the, the God's called us to do some things, as and as children of God. And and the truth is we we are not at, we are not our best because we won't be our best till we get to heaven. Let's just be honest. Uh, There's always room for improvement, always room for growth, and uh, our desire should be to always to grow in this. Um, But uh, let's go ahead and we'll read verses 5 down through verse 9 again, and uh, we'll get into the Word of God. It says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of, of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with good will doing service, as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters do the same thing unto them, forbearing threatenings, knowing that your master is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with uh, with him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We ask God for your help. Uh, this afternoon. Lord, you know that I can't do anything without you. Um, So Lord, I pray that you would give me the words to say. God, I pray that you help me to be clear in speaking your truth. And God, I pray that our hearts would be tender and soft. Lord, yielded to whatever you would have for us. We pray that you would accomplish what you would uh, in each one of us. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, as we talked about our our human superiors, those that we that we serve here on this earth, the last part of verse uh, verse six is not with thy service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Uh, again, we're not to serve others uh, as an uh, to, to, to because we're men pleasers, but we serve others because we know. Who is who it is that we serve, and this is kind of where we ended, ended this morning. It, we don't serve others; we serve Christ. Amen. And in fact, that's what the, the, that verse says there in verse six. It says, uh, it "says uh, But as the servants of Christ." We're, the, the next point uh, in this uh, in this passage I have is as first we talked about the human superiors this morning. Now we're going to talk about our heavenly our, our heavenly sovereign. Uh, we're talking about God is our master. Uh, regardless of uh, who your employer is on this earth, whatever company you work for, whatever they're, uh, wh- whatever you do, whether it's uh, a job, uh, and listen, even students and the teachers, uh, uh, None of the, what we're talking about is there are people that have been placed in authority over us, and, and whether it's government, whether it's an employer, whether it's a teacher, we need to remember and understand that no matter who that is above us, that there is one greater that we're worshiping. There's one greater that we're serving in our service of, in our, in our working for uh, that employer. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we've been purchased by His own blood. Amen. Uh, when he died on the cross, uh, when he loved, loved us and died on the cross for us and paid for us with his, with his own blood, the, the picture is of us on the slave block, uh, for sale. We are in bondage to sin, in bondage to Satan. And Christ came along and paid that debt. Hey, man, I don't know about you, but that's, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to remind ourselves of. And because, because of that, we belong to him we we're, we we don't belong to whoever your employer is. We don't you, you don't belong to whoever your husband is. You don't belong to whoever the who's ever the, the government. Uh, uh, as much as uh, uh whether you like the 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 president or not, uh, while he's the president of the land, he's not your master. Amen. Amen. Now, while he does have authority over you, as far as the, the, he's the government that God has placed there, and whether you like it or not, <laughs> <laughs> there are people like I don't know whether we like it or not. He's there. Why? Because God's allowed him to be there. Let's just, uh, and, and, and can I, can, I wanted to say this yesterday. Was, uh, I was listening. I wasn't listening in on the conversation. I was there, kind of as part of the conversation. Uh, uh, you know what? Things are going to get bad. They're honestly, they're just going to get worse. It's not going to get any better before Christ comes back. It's only going to get worse. And you think, "Well, I don't want it, want it to be that way." I don't know. I want Christ to come back. Ain't going to come back till these things change, until these things, things happen. So let it be. As 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 a was it there there's a preacher I he heard it at a conference not too long ago. He said, "If I, he was, I know the word that I'm not going to be here when the mark of the beast is is doled out." The Bible says that we'll be raptured up before that. So so praise the Lord. If I know what company is going to make that mark, I'm putting my money into it because it's just going to get them there faster. Uh, the, the idea is that, that Christ comes back sooner. And, and we should, uh, while, while we don't like to see the things that are going on in our country, we don't want to see them change the way they're going. We understand God is also in control. And we can pray for revival and we can pray for a period of grace. But that judgment is going to come one day on the nation of America and on this world. It's, it's going to happen. And and so so while we do that, uh, remember that those people are, are in authority because God's allowed them to be in authority, and, and 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 it's only going to bring every day. It's only going to bring the coming of Christ another day sooner. But but with that, remember that God is in control. The last the last election, man, I wasn't happy when the election results were, were in. And it wasn't what I wanted. But what I remind myself was that time and the times before when I wasn't happy is regardless of who sits in the Oval Office, God sits on the throne. God is my master, and I belong to him. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I'm on my way to a better place, and one day I'm going to get there, and I'm, just, I'm going to endure while I'm here. I can pray for God to do something else, but in the end, his, his will is going to be what takes place. And and my will needs to be willing to bend to his will. He is our heavenly sovereign. Uh, He has divine ownership of us. Uh, The Bible says it like this, uh, Paul says it like this, that that we are, uh, his love constrains us. Because of his love and what he did for us, that should constrain us to love him. That word constrain doesn't mean to bind uh, so much as it does to propel us to serve him more. Because if Christ died for us, how much more should we be willing to give for him? We're to be a living sacrifice. That doesn't mean we just die once and say, okay, it's all over with. Now I can go on with my life and do what I want to do. No. A living sacrifice is just that. Our life is a sacrifice. And we give our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that we are we, that He has divine ownership. We are the servants of Christ. There in verse number six, notice also it says doing the will of God. We have a dutiful obligation. There is an obligation to serve your master. Back, in, back in, the, in the days of, uh, of kings and, and queens and royalty, where the king gave you a decree or gave a decree, guess what? People followed it or they lost their heads. That's the way it is. Uh, those back in the days of servants and uh, slaves and masters, if you were a slave to a, a certain person, if they gave you an order, if they gave you a command, you were to follow that order, that command. Why? You had a duty to do it. Christ is our master. And we are obligated and, and to, to dutifully serve Him. Now, now we, we are to do it by duty, but we're also to do it by love. It's not—it's not enough uh, to—it's not enough to make us to give our lives over to Him just because we owe it to Him. But our love will constrain us. His love for us will constrain us to do that. There's a dutiful obligation there. Not only that, but there should be a, a, a devoted operation. Look, look uh, again. There, verse six uh, says, "But as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, we're to do the will of God, but the, we're doing it from the heart. It's not it's, again. It's not just that we are doing it. We're obligated to do it, but I do it because I love my Savior." There's, there are certain things that I do for my wife. That I, I wash the dishes every, every almost every every night at our house, uh, uh, for two reasons. One, I hate the dishwasher. Uh, it, it, it just it's a personal thing. I don't think I, I don't think they clean dishes very well. It's a personal thing, uh, but I also hate doing dishes. Now I could say, honey. I'm the husband, you're the wife, you do the lady things, and I'll do the men things. And that would get a frying pan up the side of my head. <laughs> and I wouldn't do that. But you know what I do do? I wash the dishes, because she hates it. She despises doing dishes, and it would rather go along with the nastiness of the dishwasher so she didn't, doesn't have to. So instead of expecting her or asking her to do it, I'll gladly do it because I love her. I'll do things for her because I I love her. She's my wife. I don't do it because I'm obligated to do it. There are a lot of husbandly things that I that I should be that I, that I do as far as providing and helping and, and, and well, I don't know how much of that stuff I do, but as much as I do, right? I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to hype myself up here. And what I, what I'm trying to say is well, the things that I do for my wife, I do because I love her. I notice I don't come to your house and do them. No, I love you, but it's different. (laughs) Donnie says, you should come and wash my dishes. (laughs) I do it because I love her. Well, the same thing, if I'm going to do something for the Lord, the Lord, yes, God is my, is my the Lord Jesus Christ is my master. He, he gave himself for me. Yes, I am obligated to do those things because I belong to him. Uh, there is a, there's an obligation there that should uh, propel me to do it, but more than that, I do it from the heart. I do it because I love him. And that will take me a whole lot more, than, a whole lot farther than duty will. Duty will take you to, to the line of, okay, this is, this is what I'm expected to do. Love will take you beyond that. If you love somebody, if you're serving somebody because of love, you'll go a whole lot farther than you will than if you're doing it just because you have to. So yes, there is that dutiful obligation, but there's a devoted operation. And then the driving outlook. I got all the words to to fit. The driving outlook, we see that in verse 7. Actually, we see that in verse verse 8. Knowing the whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall be received of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. He says... We're doing all of this knowing that God's going to reward us. You know that God is watching? Sometimes we think we do these things in this earth, and no, nobody sees us. And we're, we're serving others. We're serving one another. Nobody sees us. We're, uh, we're never getting that pat on the back. We're never, and, and listen, if you're, doing, if you're serving to get a pat on the back or to get recognition on this earth, then you've gotten your reward. If, if, uh, if that's what you're doing, and people see you when they praise you, then, you, th- then you've gotten it. But, but guess what? It shouldn't be about others seeing what we do. We shouldn't be standing on the corners praying aloud so others see us pray, right? We don't want to, it's not about other people thinking us being spiritual. We don't go around saying, well, I blessed this family in this way, or I did this, I gave this much money to this this group of people because they needed it, or I did this, or uh, if we do that, we've gotten our reward. But what God wants to see is that we do those things humbly and quietly, not out of re- uh, seeking recognition, but out of love for Him. And, and then the Bible tells us there in verse eight that knowing that, that we knowing that whatsoever good thing that any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. God's going to bless you if you do what he, uh, if if you're serving Him out of love. God will bless you. God is watching. He is taking account. Now, the Bible does say that that all those good works that we perform will be will be tried by fire, and God's going to know what our whole motivation is. Uh, hey, God knows if your motivation was 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 to boost your own ego. God knows whether your motivation was to, was to get somebody's attention. God knows that. The... When I first started singing, I don't sing a whole lot. Uh, when I first started singing in church, it was not because I wanted to praise God in church. First time I started, when I was young, I thought, started singing in church because I thought I had the most amazing voice, and I wanted everybody to know that. I was wrong, <laughs> but that's what I thought in my, in my, in my head as, as a kid. I thought I was, I was like the next big thing. I was not the next big thing. I wasn't even the next little thing. I, was, I wasn't the next thing. I was just there. But, but that's why I did it. I did it for the wrong purpose. And then as a teenager, I did it for the wrong purpose again. I I did it because I wanted to get the attention of a young, a teenage girl who played the piano, and and I wanted her. And and listen, and and I had a there's there's a guy at that church who didn't help me much because while I was sitting there practicing, he came and he goes, "I think he's got one of the best, best male voices I've ever heard. He must not listen to many people sing." (laughs) And I think he was trying to make me feel better about myself. I don't know what it was, but listen, I was doing it for the wrong reason then. Now I realize I'm not that good. I've heard myself. Believe me. And it's not that, and I'm not trying to make you all say, "Don't please don't come up and tell me that I sing good. Uh, or preach good, or do anything good. Uh, because anything I do, if I do anything good, is all because of Christ. But I don't want to do it for the, the pats on the back or the, those accolades. We need to do it because we love the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what really brings honor and glory to the Lord. I can remember years ago. Oh goodness, my mom remembers. Actually, I don't remember the little girl's name. She was a bus kid, and she got up to sing at our church. Um, The Elizabeth, I don't remember last name. Um, She just gotten saved, and and when she sang, it sounded like a cat dying. And she, I'm not, I'm I'm not kidding. Uh, I wish I was. Uh, and she, got, she sang um, Victory in Jesus. She sang her little heart out. And my ears bled. <laughs> but my heart was broken. Because she didn't do it because she thought she sang. She didn't do it because she thought she was good singing. She just wanted to praise Jesus for being saved. And my goodness, she got up there and it was more of a blessing to anybody than If anybody else had got up and sang, if we brought somebody in to sing, the friends had shown up because of her heart. But guess what? God saw that too. And and I don't know where she is now, but she's still in the church. Praise God for that. But God's going to bless her. She'll be rewarded for that. And when we serve God, not because we have to out of obligation, and not because we not because we want we want recognition or we're trying to accomplish something, but when we when, when we serve God because we love God and because we want to bring honor and glory, to God, God will reward us for that one day. And I don't know whatever crowns, and listen, this is why they always say uh, whatever crowns God is going to give us, we're going to throw right back at Him." Because we didn't do it for crowns in the first place. We did it to bring honor and glory to God. The truth is, if we live our life in a way that we're supposed to, if we're going to walk worthy, uh, according to the name, that's all God has called us to do. But it affects every area of our life. And we've talked about uh, the the things we're to put off and the things that were and we're to put on the off put off the old man and put on the new man. There were different acts and things that were the works of the flesh that were to put off and we're to put on the works of the the work of the Spirit, while renewing our mind, renewing our heart with the Word of God. We're to we're, that's a, the process of that of that change and sanctification that's taking place in us. And, and now, the last several weeks, we've been talking about the the practical application of what that means in our relationships with one another here at church and and in our homes and and now in the workplace. Pretty much anywhere you go, the the Word of God and the Spirit of God is to work its way out of you. And affect the people around you, regardless of how they react with you. Because our, our our response or our responsibility and our to walk worthy of the Lord is not dependent upon what somebody else does. It's dependent upon what God's done in us. There's a it changes here in, in verse eight from. Notice it says, uh, knowing that whatsoever good uh, thing any man doeth, the same shall he be, he receive of the Lord. He'll be, he'll be received of the blessing there. Whether he be bond or free. God's, it doesn't matter who it is that's God. that is and doesn't. God will reward them. He, again, he's not a respecter of persons. But now in verse 9, he changes. and he's, he's no longer talking to the servant in this relationship. He's talking to the master. He says, and he says, and ye masters, do the same things unto them. We have we went from talking about the heavenly sovereign and, and his his hand upon us and how he works in us and what we're obligated to to now this high standard that's been placed upon uh, the master in this relationship. He says all those things that, that that the that the servant is to do for you, you're to do for them. Meaning the, the the humbleness of heart, the, the, you're, the uh, you're you're to the the, the the serving them, the doing your best, being the best boss you can be. Uh, You've been placed in a, in a position of authority for a purpose. You're now to be to, to do the best you can. Why? Because you're doing it for the Lord Jesus Christ. Not not every Christian servant had a Christian master. And the Christian servant was to do what he was supposed to do, regardless of whether the master was a Christian or not. But now you have masters who may not have had Christian servants, and while they they, they may be able to witness to them, in fact, what a better way to witness to, to an employee or to to, to, to that servant than, than through the way that you deal with them? Because there are a whole lot of masters who dealt with or a whole lot of uh, masters who dealt with their slaves in an improper way. In fact, doing, if you're doing it in the, in the love of Christ, how much greater of a, of a witness and a testimony is that going to be for those under your authority? But notice there it says this. Not only do they have the mutual responsibility to do all of those same things, to to love God, to to to, to do it as they're serving Him, and not not only when other people are looking, but also uh, as been pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, knowing that they belong to Him. Uh, but but notice he says there in verse verse nine says, do the same things unto them, forbearing threatening. It means without without threatening them. Now, what is it talking about? It's it's not abusing your authority. You have authority over them, but don't don't use that authority to threaten somebody. Because they probably had the right in Roman culture to do so. But he's saying don't do that. Well, that's different than the culture, isn't it? The, the culture would have back back then. The Romans would have people rule by authority. Like there was no there was no city like Rome. There was no power like the power of the emperor, and he ruled with authority. Christ is saying, don't rule with that kind of authority and power. Govern with love. Deal with your employee. Don't don't use those the, the threatenings. Don't use the the threat of the loss of job or the loss of 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 Finances or, or any of those things. Uh, uh, instead, uh, you're you're still to do all those things that God is, that you've been told to do here, but but to do it with forbearing, threatening. And then notice it says, knowing that your master also is in heaven. There's a managerial, a mutual responsibility to do those same things, a managerial restraint. Uh, they're not to to to, to do the or to, to they're to do it without the threatening but they're also to remember the Almighty's position, that their master is in heaven. While they may, in this relationship, may be the one who's in authority, they have an authority that's greater than they are. And if you're in a position of authority, if I'm in a position of authority, the truth is we need to remember there is... and At some point, you're going to be in a position of authority. I can remember when I was... The first time I was under the authority of my older brother, and my parents left us alone in the house... And my, my older brother told me to go to bed. And I said, you're not my mother and you're not my father. I'm not listening to you. Now, that was not the way I should have responded to my older brother. But then he grabbed me by the arm and dragged me back down the hall and kicked me in the side and I cried. And, and That's not the way that he should have dealt with me either. <laughs> he was six years older than me and he was a, bull- and he was a, he was a bully. But then I was a pain in the neck with younger brother. So I, you know, I'm not blaming him, and I'm not blaming me. We were both wrong. But a lot of times, when you have those that are in authority and those that are under authority, you have those kinds of relationships. And that is not what God's called us to do. The truth is, both the servant and the master need to remember that the greater there is a greater master in heaven. And he's watching, and he knows all that's going on. I want you to notice the, the focused perception there. He says that your master also is in heaven. He's watching you. And he's fair. Whether he be wrong, ma- that neither is there a respect to persons with him. He doesn't care. God doesn't care about your authority. God doesn't care about what position you hold. He doesn't, judge, he doesn't judge one person different than another. What does he judge? Our hearts and our actions. He starts, we can see our actions. We can see how we respond to one another. And God will judge those. But God goes farther than that. And God judges our hearts as well. He knows the motivations and He knows, he knows when we do things for the wrong reason. But knowing that He knows, Knowing that God is watching and can see our hearts should cause us to examine ourselves to make sure that we are the servant or the master that God has called us to be. From here and, and as we as we look at this, we look back, we've looked at this is kind of the end in, in the next verse this transition into not just the practical workings of our Christian walk, uh, but transitions into the spiritual warfare that we fight. But all of us, uh, even that, all goes back to if we're saved, and if the Word of God and the Spirit of God can do in us what we say, what he says it can do, and what we say he believes it can do, that it needs to affect every area of our lives and continually affects right we we didn't reach perfection immediately brother don did you did, uh, have you reached perfection yet <laughs> none of us have none of us have and, and and if we ever think that we've reached perfection it's time to start over again because we're not there yet the bible says uh, he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of jesus christ not until the day that you got it. Paul the Apostle Paul said so that he was still stretching forth toward the mark of the prize of the high calling that he hadn't achieved yet. and out of anybody that's ever lived, the Apostle Paul probably came, I'm assuming, other than Christ, the closest to Christ. I don't who knows maybe there was somebody that was that, that had that had grown as much, maybe was as mature. I don't know that for sure. What I can say this, I, I am no Apostle Paul, and, and uh, I've got a long way to go. But then my, my goal is to be Paul. My goal is to be the creation that God has created me to be. I just want to remind you of Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus and the good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This way that we are to interact with one another and to submit to one another, that's, that is is how God has ordained that we should all walk. And we are his workmanship. Praise God, because I can't, I can't do it on my own. And I don't think any one of us can. May God help us. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for uh, for the truth of your word. Lord, and more importantly, Lord, the, the, the cleansing aspect of your spirit in our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to be rooted and grounded in your word. I pray that you'd help us to be filled with your spirit. Uh, I pray, God, that the old man would be pushed, would be put cast off, Lord, and, and uh, the new man would be put, put on. I pray that you would renew our hearts and minds and help us to live our lives for you, Father. Help us to every relationship that we have with others. Lord, may may that relationship be uh, about uh, bringing honor and glory to your name, Father, whether it's a husband and wife, whether it's parents and children, uh, whether it's an employer or employee neighbors, whatever it is, God, may everything that we do bring honor and glory to your name, and may our desire be to exalt Jesus Christ above all else and to share the gospel. God, I pray that you would help us. Uh, that this salvation that is working in us, Lord, that it would continue to work in us, uh, Lord, and that it would be apparent in our lives. It wouldn't be something that we have to, uh, to, to to fake, Lord. It isn't something that we have to fake if we have salvation. But God, I pray that it's something that, that is that in each one of us that is real and that is working in us, Lord, and, and showing itself to others, Father, that we can be the lights uh, in this dark world that you call us to be. We love you. And Father, we're so thankful for your word. Uh, Bless us now. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.